Hi, I'm Patrick. And I'm Jeff. And we're making a TV show. With Patrick's writing. And Jeff's experience. We're on the journey to turn this story into the next bingeable series. We're documenting our collaboration. The highs and lows and everything in between. So that you can see what it takes to make a TV show while we're developing it. This is Two Guys Making a TV Show. On today's episode, we're prepping for our sizzle shoot next week. We talk about a bit of the strategy and where exactly we're setting the location of the story, given the constraints that we have, and put a button on some final issues around wardrobe, color, and talent. So I went out to Lano yesterday, and um, it went well. I, I managed to introduce myself to basically the beauty of scouting and, and small town America and, and smaller places is like um, is exactly what makes it frustrating from your computer is, is like you can Google things and get a basic sense of you know kind of how things are laid out and what amenities might may or may not be there but until you actually go there and start meeting people like you're probably not going to make much headway like people don't return calls they don't return your voicemails like they don't get back to you via email if they do it's extremely slow and tardy you know like um, the best way is still the old way of just showing up and being like, Hey, I'm Jeff. Uh, can I ask you a funny question? You know? And, um, and they respond to that and I met some great people and they kind of put me in touch and gave me names. And, and of course it's a small enough town to like sort of, I don't know if everyone knows everyone, but people know people who have things that I'm looking for. Right. As soon as they mm-hmm. get a sense of what I'm trying to explain to them, they're like, Oh, okay. So you, you're looking for a cabin. Oh, well, you want to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, right? Hmm. Uh, so uh, at the end of the day, I've, I've got some follow-ups to do today with regards to a superintendent over at Lano High School. But there is a, um, there's a building there called the O'Henry Building, which was the original school, which was just one building and um, might work really well. And if not, literally the, the new version of it is on the same, you know, 200 feet away or whatever hmm. uh, we so we've got options there the neighborhood around uh as far as permits and stuff it seems like i mean lano doesn't really have it's not like they have a film commission or anything like that so they by and large are just like well uh it's not really a policy for this so go talk to the city manager and uh, you know the interim city manager and, and she'll have more for you but hmm. we don't foresee there being any issues and neither do i since we're not we're not blocking any streets. We're not performing any stunts. We're not, you know, we're not really doing anything. Yeah. Uh, if all goes to plan, people won't hardly notice that we're even there. Um, and so, so the idea to have options around the school in case St. Francis doesn't quite work or we want a different um, sort I of think, uh, Possibly two things. One is just the facade, the, out, the exterior. Ah, right, right, right. So that, uh, because Lano, I think, and I don't know yet until I talked to the superintendent, but I was inquiring about the old Henry building because they were saying like, oh, we just treat that basically as a museum now. We call it our Hall of Fame. And on the inside, it's just placards and composite photos of yearbooks and graduating classes and letterman's jackets and all that stuff. And I didn't expect to hear that. But as I was listening, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if Marathon would do that. Like they would have this sort of hall of fame. Here's our history. The only issue being, you know, if there's too much 
this is Lano High, which you would obviously see if you focused on it. But if, if like you had a scene, if we could get into it and we have like Bobby or Sal just kind of pass through and we can just do a simple part of, you know, it would probably just be ligament footage B-roll, but you walk by trophy cases and, and so forth, right? And you get the idea of like, oh, this place has a history, you know, like this place right. has been around for a while. Um, and plus it just helps break up again and, and begin to build out the world of, of Marathon Texas. Um, and, uh, but more importantly is St. Francis, for as great as the in interiors will be for us in many ways, the exteriors is not exactly what, not exactly what we envisioned. Um, not bad, not, not, I just, I didn't think of that. Whereas this O'Henry building is like a sandstone, stone structure. I mean, it looks like it's been there for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. uh, now, again, what we could do is, is always just shoot it. The good part about St. Francis, St. Francis is it looks utilitarian. Like it looks like a people who, when they had those sorts of resources, were like, well, this is what we got. We're not going to, there's no stone quarries. We're not going to build that, you know? So basically we'll just have options. Really, we should shoot Sal doing the same action in both places, which is riding up to the school in, in both places. And then we'll just have the option of being like, nah, we like St. Francis or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other thing was the riverbed and finding public access points to, to the Llano River. Mm -hmm. And uh, found three of them. Uh, one of which is visually it'd be okay. Uh, the issue is noise. So we really can't do any kind of sound recording there because the bridge is so close. And uh. that bridge is like an artery of the town. There's never not vehicles going over it. Um, but the rocks and the, and the actual, uh, you know, along the banks of the river and stuff look really cool. But we do get that in another place uh, that I found that I was um, pointed in the direction of, which is, um, there's actually a, a part of like a low road that goes across it with no railings. And so there is a flooding hazard, uh, which by the way, we have rain all next week that we're forecast for, like literally like thunderstorms all next week. Ah. So that's, uh, you know, unfortunate, but um, that's what happens, I guess. What could, it could be a happy exit. The good part is this, days like today where, you know, it's cloudy and overcast, the light is diffused in a really appealing way. So that's good. And also, though at dusk and at dawn we'll lose light faster technically throughout the day it'll be consistent so we actually in some ways gain time during the day to shoot things um, yeah. that when the sun starts to go down there'll probably be a time where it's actually lower than the clouds and it'll be really beautiful it'll be beaming in and then it'll be gone so we'll, we'll we'd be lucky if we had 45 minutes probably at that point yeah i mean all, all the interiors fine doesn't matter it's just those um any i mean because when you any establishing shot where it's raining gives a a different sort of feel yeah they'll be like wait you guys shot this in texas or seattle where is this yeah right i know if i if in if this were i had the crazy idea uh, i got up and actually told my wife about it i was like you know you remember Blade Runner 2049? I'm sure mm -hmm. you do. 
Remember in Act Three where he gets where Ryan Gosling's character's um, flying in his car over LA, and mm-hmm. every time they show LA, it's just rainy and dark, and yeah. they sort of imply that it's like climate change that that's changed it. I was like, if we did something like that, and this is I don't think this is right tonally, but it would be interesting. Like if every time someone was outside, uh, not Bobby the second time, but Sal on his bike, and then like holly or the like members of the search party is if you had like n95 style masks on them so like they weren't it's not like you're gonna go out and go eh, like you know total recall but mm-hmm. it was just like a bad like the the earth is just not a great place to breathe anymore outside but i was like eh, that's that's pretty sci-fi i don't know yeah but, yeah that that might push it a, like there's got to be some rip moment with sal and the camera if you're already hinting at it with the the masks, that might give up too much of the game. I mean, yeah. I like the idea, and it yeah. could be that you introduce later, like your li- someone saying, "Well, your life expectancy is about sixty years old now, given that you're living." Or, you know, s- some little tidbit later yeah. on to insert. But yeah. thinking about it, if we could get Sal biking without it raining. I think that's that's great. Everything like the whole search party scene and Bobby, um, Bobby's death and whatever else, that could be in the rain, no problem. Yeah. In fact, it'd probably heighten it dramatically, you know. Yeah. Because rain. him slipping off the the ledge ma- makes more sense in the rain. Yeah. Um, and those are definitely slippery rocks. I I can attest to that. So they're very smooth. They're like water washed rocks, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I that found, might not be so bad then. It'll look good. I mean, the rain looks good on camera. Uh, the camera itself will have to protect, obviously, and the lights. But um, we we don't need any lights for when we're out in in Lano, and all of our lights will be inside except for um, anything that we punch through a window to emphasize to just push in more light. Mm-hmm. So, like Sal's house, we may have uh, something else exterior that's punching in. Uh, we work. We may have another thing like that. Um, the good part is, again, like consistency. It's always like this nice diffused, you know, very workable light and yeah. also very flattering for people's faces, especially if you push them up against a window. Um, it's just a nice wash of key light that that um, usually usually pushes into people's eyes without making them squint, which is nice. Yeah, uh, right. So, so uh, side note, when do we need the truck? So we would need it Wednesday then. Wednesday. We'd have to, yeah, we'd have to follow us out to Lano, I think. And is the idea to stay out in Lano that Wednesday night and do additional filming Thursday or just stay out in Lano and drive back in the morning? I think we would probably head. So the idea right now is have people self-report on Wednesday morning mm-hmm. and then just head back to Austin with the exception of uh, JB. And we could possibly, I think we're going to need a room for the PO. So there actually might be a one room we can keep. I want to release, I actually need to talk to Kyle, but Kyle will need to be in Austin. His call time won't be super, super early. So I guess he could stay in Lano if he prefers, but um, he'll need to be at Sal's house for the Sal Gretchen quick montage thing that we have um but we're so we have a chunk of time between eight and five at sal's house on the east side so 
if people want to stay in Lano, uh, that's, I mean, I guess crew wise, they'll just have to go home. Um, but if like you and I or whatever end up staying there, I guess that's fine. But we're just putting, you know, an hour and a half plus of driving ahead of us to. Yeah, you know, I, and I don't see any need to do that given that we've, we've got homes here in Austin, so we don't need to pay extra to be in Lano, even if we're driving back at midnight or something, an hour and a half drive isn't that big of a deal, unless yeah. it's pouring down rain and we don't feel comfortable. It's supposed to be scattered storms, um, so hopefully that holds. Um, and I've been, I've been, oh, I've been checking every day, and yeah, it's still. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm gonna like straight thunderstorms for the next ten days. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, for as uh, Kirk told me a year ago, he was like. Yeah, that those sorts of weather events are um what did he call them little little gifts because mm -hmm. you can't recreate it very easily um or very convincingly so to be able to use it or utilize it in some way and i think that, so if so all the shooting in lano seems to be happening on wednesday wednesday yeah we'll try and get it all done in in one day um i'm gathering uh Final look. So on Monday, we'll take a look at all the Josh will be in on Sunday night. We'll take a look at all the um, Austin based locations. I actually will go gather some of our some other materials. There's like a crash pad I'm going to get over from Crooks Climbing Gym uh, just so Bobby and JV have something to fall on if they need it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll use that again later for uh, Larry when he goes to the ground. At least we'll have something there. Mm. Um, if necessary it may not even be necessary because i don't think we necessarily need to see him go to the ground um, yeah larry just might be yeah in his chair kind of stuck um um the uh what was the other thing um oh and then tuesday we pick up the camera and the lenses and from there uh we'll probably head out to our exterior locations with Josh so we can go out to Lano pick see the sites you know see all the locations that we're thinking of uh, exactly uh there's one cabin that I found called I think it's called the Hickory Hickory Hill Mountain View cabin um it's part of a a group of essentially B&Bs called uh Phoenix Nest and um we can take a look at that and see if that's going to i'm going to talk to them today and see if i can just tell them to hold it for us and frankly they can double book if they want as long as we can get some time during the day and in there i can send you the images later in there um we can have the option there's a porch and there's an interior that's like wood cabin style that if we dress appropriately and kind of play with the lights could convincingly be a way for us to shoot two versions of the jb of the old man fight so like one mm -hmm. could be on the porch and holly's shoving around and the other one could be in the kitchen which is how it's funny how that's actually both where both of our minds went you know i always pictured him like getting thrown in the kitchen and like things clamoring down and like chaos right mm -hmm. um, so we could do that and uh that would be cool um uh what else what else so I had a thought uh, yesterday when you sent the image of Lano, I thought it's pretty green. It's pretty, not only that, it's like, it's like wildflower Times Square right now. Like when you, it's, it's beautiful. 
Um, and I guess, I mean, it could be in contrast to a few things, but it's, it's green. Like it's, so, yeah. So I thought, um, okay. When, so like West Texas, that's desert, that's yeah. rocky, that's brown, uh, wisps of very pale green plants, and then maybe some cactus. Yeah. <clears throat> and especially after some rains, it's going to look lush with green grass and all of that. Yeah. So I thought I two, two thoughts popped in my head. One, the, the less, um, the less big change is okay. Maybe wherever we're shooting like Sal riding his bike, maybe there's a street where it's a little bit dirtier or more concrete or something that just, we're shooting around the grass. Um, uh, and then the second was the kind of bigger one was, does it need to be set in West Texas? The only thing that we're referencing as West Texas was the town of Marathon. Right, yeah. And there's an aspect to it being in West Texas that has this sort of mystical, magical appeal of yeah. being isolated and desert and uh, desolate and all of this. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's certainly something we don't have to make the, the, the sizzle dictate, you know, changes to the larger version of the story. But at the same time, I guess the point was always, this is an isolated place in Texas. Right. And, um, you know, what's funny about Texas is uh, Central Texas, and this is what I was talking about with the Visitor Center yesterday in Lano. As I mentioned, you know, when I moved here, I thought I was going to see tumbleweeds and cacti and just, you know, like dirt and, you know, desert. And I was immediately struck by how green it was and how many trees there were. You know, like I just don't, Texans know, but when you come from other places, you think it's like Arizona or something. Yeah. And, and there are parts of it that are, but not certainly not all of it. And, uh, and they were like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the beauty, you know, like this one woman said at the visitor center, when you come into Texas in May and June, the, the ground is on fire with flowers, you know? And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. And I think of like, you know, I'm like, oh, how are we gonna shoot around this and stuff? And another part of me is like, well, but that's kind of, there's something a little poetic and, and uh, tragically beautiful if, if Bobby is also running through some of that. Now, to your point, kind of what I was thinking to build out the story anyway is like, if we can show like there's one house or what used to be a house, it's just two, I'll show it to you. There's just two uh, chimneys, brick chimneys and nothing out like it got gutted or burned down or something. So mm -hmm. there's an old structure of a house. And I was gonna use that to establish kind of like something is off, but, but you can't quite tell what but Sal doesn't pay any mind to it. He just rides his bike near it, right? On his way to school. Yeah. So when Bobby is leaving Sal's house and, and kind of like deciding like, I'm going to run out into the desert and just die, you know, like he should run by that too, or he should at least, you know, walk by it and he's upset so that we see like, oh, he's in the same neighborhood as Sal. Like he's going, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. forth. And we can have him too, either Sal or Zach or Bobby or both ride through, um, like there's a couple of streets that are just like, you know, the town square 
uh, we got to go just off of them because there's one that's like it's it just looks crazy. It's lots of billboards and stuff, but another one looks classic Texas. Um, and just establishing that, like, you know, this town is small, it's isolated. Um, unfortunately for the sizzle, since we don't have control over the streets, we're going to have to try and shoot around cars as much as we can, but um, it'll be harder. Uh, but there are streets. I mean, I drove around some yesterday where people were at work and stuff, so their car was gone. Um, mm-hmm. And people don't park as much on the street there anyway. Um, what else? Do they have garages? They had like separated garages where they would, they were like behind the house, like old mm-hmm. school so they could just drive up gotcha. there okay cool um the uh oh and with regards to the land itself if it's unfortunate that the sun's not going to be out because if the sun were out some of those riverbeds i mean there was one for example they were pointing me towards that it almost looked like it was almost too sandy it was so much beach like it was just hmm. sand for probably 50 yards and uh you know, on, on camera, you can make that look bigger. So it can look like he's out somewhere. But the problem is that, again, you want to be closer to the brush just to establish that it just looks a little bit more like desert to the camera's eye. Um, and we can get that with rocks and so forth. But yeah, as soon as you venture to, you know, 20 yards beyond that, it's like trees and grass and flowers and succulents, you know, poking through and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, it's definitely beautiful. It's definitely rugged. It's definitely Texas. It's just not the Texas that people think of. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's, I mean, maybe we're going to play that to our advantage and say like, no, this is Texas. You know, this is just a different part of it. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think of what, what changes when we say we're set in, uh, rather than say set in West Texas, because there's no character references the town's name. No character says we live in Marathon. Right. So it's not like we have to change any dialogue or anything. And, and even the, the action for Bobby is running out into the desert or walking out into the desert, that the action really is walking out of town. Right. Yeah. And so there, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, all right, with West Texas, there's this feeling of kind of like um, being in a Siberian prison. There's no walls. You're just so far out in the middle of nowhere, you will die if you leave. Yeah. So they don't even need to build walls. Yeah. So that's the feeling there. With a feeling here, uh, the, the difference, as I was thinking about it, is it's almost as if it's hidden, that you get the feeling that no one knows that they're there. Yeah. And that could tie into Sal's expression of, nobody cares about me. He's yeah. hidden in a hidden town. Um, and I thought, okay, there, there could be, there could be some fruit there that people like, here's this small town, it's set in Texas, but it's super tiny. And people are talking about, well, I guess, you know what, uh, the sheriff is talking about not going out in the desert after dark. If he says, instead of saying necessarily that, if he says, uh, because this is interesting. We don't go beyond the boundary of the river, right? We don't go, like a river is a very obvious boundary in many, many ways, right? And a kid can remember that. I'm at the river, I gotta turn back. I don't go beyond the river. That's what all the adults say, right? Mm -hmm. Like that could be something and then it establishes why Bobby is actually found 
down in a riverbed, exactly in the place where he was told not to go. Um, yeah. There is another, I wanted to throw something else at you too, um, with regards to Bobby. I think we should shoot it where he slips and he's, he's startled and everything. I think we should shoot it exactly as the script says. And I think we should have one other take just for safety, maybe just for another look where he turns around, like he's startled by the old man. He's startled that someone's present with him. Mm -hmm. But when I was thinking about it yesterday, I was like, he's like, he believes he's going out there to die. Like it may be only a 90% attempt. It may be that he regrets it at some point, but as far as Bobby knows, he has no reason to, to, to distrust the information that's been given to him his whole life, the propaganda, which is if I go out this far, I'm going to die. I'm going to end up like Matthew in that photo, right? And that's kind of why he's doing He's so upset and he's so mad at himself and he's so torn up that in a way that's sort of subconsciously what he's doing. He's, he's being very self-defeating, if nothing right. else. Um, and I had this thought where I was like, what if he turns and he sees the old man and instead of, in this one take, instead of slipping, we'll get that. But what if he just turns around and he actually just makes the decision to fall back and he actually purposely falls back. And so he can still be when he, you know, when he's not dead and he's on the bottom and he's busted up, uh, he can still be scared and he can still be expecting just as I think any child would like, Oh my God, I shouldn't have done this. I want my parents, you know, I want help. Uh, and then Holly's there to, to not give it to him. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Just yeah. want to see what your thoughts. Well, are. I like the idea, right? Because it, uh, <clears throat> when you when you're just describing the the action sequence of getting spooked, he's he's walking out there and then gets spooked and fell, it almost puts some of the responsibility on the old man, yeah, for Bobby's death, and that that's not where that responsibility lies at all. Yeah. Um. Uh. So if he sees the old man and he's startled by his presence but then he's like i'm here for a reason yeah. and he makes that choice um then the old man has no responsibility whatsoever and at least in the the writing of the pilot then it would be the old man then rushing to help him yes that's true and he would and it makes him look guilty like it does legitimately make him look good guilty in holly's eyes because he does still arrive and he's like, why is this old man here and this fucking boy is busted up? You know, like what? Yeah. I, I can't be a good sheriff and not try and stop you. Um, but it just gives us another option. I mean, like I said, I think we should shoot it both ways. And, and then when we get into post, we can go, we can kind of see back and forth. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just something that occurred to me um, when, I was, when I was scouting yesterday. Yeah, uh, I like that. And then wardrobe, I'm tackling, tacking down a bunch of wardrobe right now. Um, some of the things I was kind of looking at, uh, I wanted to get your take on. I, I'm always kind of a fan of trying to keep things as simple as possible. But again, on Bobby, I was like, does it, is it too on the nose? And is it too, uh, I don't know, is it just too forced? 
because it's supposed to be the late 90s, early 2000s, right? And I was thinking about his outfit. And I was thinking about like, if I'm Bobby and I'm going over to Sal's house and it's not a formal date, I am just hanging out with him. But at the same time, I'm like pretty excited to be there with him. Am I casual, cool to myself? Am I like, this is my authentic self? It's gotta be something, I imagine these kids wear as much that is not resembling their school uniforms as possible. So what if he's wearing like a shirt that's like, like I, I found the, the Nirvana in utero shirt on Amazon with mm-hmm. the angel that's sort of like this. And then I was thinking about that shot where he, and I was like, oh, is that too, uh, I don't know. And the other part of me was like, well, maybe I should just go with uh, like a, um, what was that old Jared Leto show from the nineties? Uh, oh, uh, My So-Called Life? My So-Called Life. Go with this, My So-Called Lifestyle. And he's just got like kind of a baggy knit nineties style sweater on and then just cut holes in the, in the sleeve so he can pop his little thumb out, you know? And then he's kind of got something like that where, mm. Because then that would look worn and it would look like a hand-me-down. I was trying to think like how much of these things are hand-me-downs. So basically, this is what I'm getting at. There's two things that happen. If MeWe is like Amazon and they're like, oh, we're just going to recreate some of this stuff forever. So people actually do wear old Nirvana shirts and X-Men shirts and so forth, right? And it's just sort of like you're stuck in time. Or is it that they keep things super simple so that no one, you know, things are just basics and basic color and basic stitching. And that's how everything, that's like the status quo now. Yeah. Area of the world. Well, yeah. So as I'm, I'm thinking about it, I can see, I can see it either way. Yeah. If the, if the goal is, hey, we want to fracture people and keep them apart from one another and promote this level of fear, any sort of otherness is seen as dangerous. Yeah. It also would be the case that they're so specialized in their community that the goods and apparel that they're able to purchase from MeWe is very specialized, which would encourage maybe in the community, it's relatively homogenous. No, No fights between like Marvel and DC. It's they only know that Marvel exists. Yeah, like something like that to where there, there's no big in-group differences. Yep. And that would highlight, hey, if someone's hetero, like get them out. Like everybody's pretty much the same here. Yeah. Um, it would be, you know, in this town, they're Marvel and then they go to Safe Harbor and all they know of is DC. Yeah. Uh, like something like that where that the conflicts and the differences are between the towns and they're so large and in every way that it's like, how do I, how would I even talk to this person? They don't know. They're telling me about this weird guy, Superman an alien, like, no Wolverine is, you know, that's the sort of like kid argument that they might have. They're just like, so removed. Yeah. Uh, So that that's more of what I'm thinking is, maybe it's a specialized look. So any of the clothing options would be like, there could be the, I guess a case where let's say Kieran is wearing, if Kieran wore a Nirvana shirt, Bobby's also wearing a Nirvana shirt. It's just slightly different. Yeah. Uh, Or a little worse for the wear or something like that. 
both because he wants to be cool like Kieran and because they they don't know that Pearl Jam or Nine Inch Nails is a thing. Right. Yeah. And that's where I got hung up. But I was like, well, now I'm kind of dictating, like, what do they know and what do they don't know? And, and I don't. I whatever. Don't. Yeah. Whatever they know, they all know. And whatever they don't know, they all, they all don't, know. don't know. I think that would be kind of a guiding rule as, a, as I'm kind of brainstorming out loud. Um, I found one shirt that was for Bobby and I was like, again, I was like, it's so perfect. And also so like, it could be so on the nose, which was the Smashing Pumpkins Zero shirt. So it just mm. has zero on it and then it has a star. And I was like, I, I feel like, I really, as I read the script over and over and I think about the characters, like I really like Bobby. Like Bobby's really grown on me in a lot of ways. And I'm like, I actually think, I think you said this one time, like he is the most authentic in many ways, the most authentic to himself of at least of the children. Like he is the one that kind of his tragic flaw isn't even one of his flaws per se. It's the fact that the kids just don't accept him. And partially because he he wants, he just wants it too much. Like they're turned off by him, you know, wanting, you know, kind of that old thing. And, um, and, but when I thought about like, I mean, he comes over and he shares Settlers of Catan with them. He teaches Sal how to play that. He's mm -hmm. talking about comic books. He knows just as much as Sal does, if not more. Um, he's, he's easy to be around. Even Sal is like, by the end of the scene is before he, you know, does what he does. He's like, oh my gosh, I kind of, you get the feeling he's like, I kind of misread this guy. Like he's actually kind of cool, you know? Yeah. I think Bobby, given the time, would would be cool for anyone. Taylor, I think, is the one who doesn't want to admit it, um, that he does actually like his company to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, well, who is this kid? Is he is he is he that cool kid that that nobody knew was cool in high school? Uh, or is he just so genuinely sweet, you know, that you can't help but kind of like him a little bit? Um even when you know it's not good for your your street cred per se, um, and I guess it's a mixture of the two. Yeah, but I, I think it's just bad luck. It's bad, bad luck, luck for Bobby, because yeah. just like how uh, there's that study on pop songs that um, you give a group of people a selection of six songs, and then you ask them to rate their popularity, and ultimately over time one ascends to the top. You give the same six. Uh, songs to different groups of people and different songs rise to the top oh, interesting. and then you ask them to justify why that particular song or that particular song was the most popular and people will give all sorts of rationalizations about the lyrics and about the tempo and melody but it's all random it's just luck and it's self-reinforcing that you see more people listening to this therefore it's more popular Therefore, more people listen to it. <laughs> so in terms of Bobby, Bobby just got bad luck. In another version of this world, he would be super popular. Yeah, but yeah. in this one, he's not. Yeah. I would call that experiment the David Hasselhoff effect. <laughs> David Hasselhoff in the US, and you can be David Hasselhoff in Germany. But yeah. <laughs> yeah on the group who you're asking <laughs> yeah right because we we poke fun at david hasselhoff here yeah it's like but over on. there it's um, like no he's the hoff man like yeah that's that's interesting yeah so in, yeah in that sense um may maybe it i guess this wouldn't be 
wouldn't be really seen at all, but maybe Bobby wears a, is wearing a shirt that's just slightly different enough. Like if, they, if, if Kieran and Brad and Taylor all have Nirvana related shirts. Yeah. And then Bobby has one that has a picture on it, a Nirvana shirt with a picture. Then he's the odd man out because he has the one with the picture rather than just the, the text or the letters or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, we we wouldn't see any of that. But I think in terms of his casual hangout clothes, um, would they even know who Nirvana is? Are they listening to music? I don't. I don't know how much because then I'm like, well, I mean, at some point. And this is going to be fun, actually. It's just a lot of work. And the world building is like kind of dictating probably based on theme first. And then like, where does the music lie? Because uh, and which things sort of fell through the cracks, right? Like, did the Beatles fall through the cracks? Did the Beach Boys, did Madonna, you know, like which of because that first wave, that first generation would have had access to everything. It was not that they would have disliked anything per se, but it probably would have been the second generation that was like, okay, we need to have some rules here. You know, like let's burn these books and not these books, you know, the, that sort of thing. Or just time and entropy, you know, like we mm -hmm. lost our last copy of James Baldwin. It's not that we didn't like James Baldwin. In fact, he was very much in line with what we were trying to teach here, but we lost the book, yeah. sorry, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of, I mean, partly, I think maybe it's simpler and just for the sizzle, at least because we don't have as much track to, to lay out is if he, we go with like a simple thing, but if anyone has it, I think it's Bobby. Like, I think Bobby is the one that can wear something that kind of gives us a sense of like, oh wait, it's the nineties, you know, or, or the early 2000s. When is this? Um, like, I think that I envision that a lot of the other characters just have more kind of solid colors, frankly, just because we'll just see them in a lot of them in close up most of the time. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe we get uh, maybe we get Bobby a nine inch nail shirt, one that's just NIN. Yeah. Because in that case, if someone asked him, like, what, who, who is that? Oh, it's what do you mean? I don't know. It's my NIN shirt. It's my ninja. He doesn't even, he has no context at yeah. all. <laughs> oh, that's kind of a cool idea. I like that. And then it could be a subtle play to, can we please get Trent Reznor and Atticus Frost? <laughs> okay, we're ready for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then thinking about like tone and color and stuff again, like we talked about before and kind of setting it to the setting and, and now, before we were, I was thinking of color in terms of like, well, the light will be pretty orange and hot, you know, and and uh, and now we won't likely have that issue. It'll be very blue. So I'm like, okay, well, what what punches back against that, you know? Um, the good part is like, for example, uh, Amy, for example, when she's putting the floorboard up, if we punch a light through the window and and wash her in it. Like if she has something lighter on, like a cream colored thing, that's going to bounce into her eyes very nicely mm. with the light and weather that we're expected to have. Um, we'll have to be careful of putting people too close to windows if it's like downpouring. Yeah. Because you get those reflections on their face, you know, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's bad if like 
everyone has them because then it's like wait where do they live where do they live again um yeah. uh but it'll be nice it'll be really nice and um, then what do we want to do about uh sal and the camera we talked a little bit before and i don't remember if we got oh closure yeah. around medicine cabinet or how it drops or yeah we we have a simpler we have a, a simpler solution too and that's oh, dealing with the light again right if we shoot him dead on both with the camera and also with our our cell phone so that it looks more rudimentary mm -hmm. and we just literally he does the thing where he's like what the you know and he's touching it and then you 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 pull back out to establish that you know someone's watching him he's on a monitor somewhere right and he's just one frame of many mm -hmm. uh, we can do that without having to break the window however i do still like the idea of um so our friend stephanie works for uh she's working on avatar and now she's going to fly out to london to work on marvel stuff so i want to hit her up before she gets too busy but um I do like the idea of like what we're talking about, like that oily bend of the screen. Like if you push on the window, the only issue becomes like, has he never wiped his mirrors off before and noticed this, you know, like that's the only, I mean, I guess that's, you could argue that that's the thing anyway, but I don't think that light blinks all the time, giving itself away. I think that's something happened. Something. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, we can also just, I mean, I think it's going to be good just to have it in our back pocket, go to Goodwill, get a mirror, smash it so that we have some parts, you know, or some mm -hmm. pieces, and then shoot the reaction. You can shoot his face and he goes, oh, and then you hear the, and then he looks and then he's looking down and then you shoot uh, an insert of the mirror in the sink, mm -hmm. a little blood. Um, and then he looks and then he sees one of the pieces he's like wait a minute that's not a piece of glass and then he can pick it up and we can see i mean frankly it may be even worthwhile like he doesn't need to hold anything in person as long as he holds his finger steady we can just cg in a little device and he can be like huh and then we pull out from there boom now we're back to pulling out from the screen same thing We'll still need to shoot him. If that's the case, we'll need to shoot with another style camera, maybe a GoPro or some sort of fisheye lens mm -hmm. so that he kind of like, he's too close to it now, right? It was meant to yeah. be at this distance. Um, and and if he's one of many screens, maybe the, the guy just doesn't notice, you know, this guy watches this footage all the time. So he's kind of like glazed over. Yeah, he's eating a bagel or something. Yeah, it's just like, and Sal's, dealing with it um yeah. and i would imagine that the screen would cut out like if it's pulling back then sal has whatever action and he looks he's i mean from the because the the perspective would be the the camera yeah so if sal's like this then all of a sudden his face is like the screen yeah um yeah and did, did you still want to do like the monitor setup um yeah i kind of want to do that at WeWork. i kind of want to have hmm. that and just like basically darken the room well actually we sh let's make a final decision on that on monday 
Because if we do, we can look at WeWork and then we can look at St. Francis. Because St. Francis has some rooms too that are like very sterile. Like he'll look like, if he's at WeWork, he'll look like he's in like, okay, I'm in an office and it's fine. You know, he's at St. Francis. So we put it against the right wall. It'll look like he's the worst job ever. He's at the lowest yeah. tier of MeWe's, you know, security levels. Um, and that would be kind of nice, a nice contrast. Uh, yeah. Oh, I had another thought. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to ask you this, but I actually kind of like it too. Remember when we were talking about Amy's dad possibly mm-hmm. being the one that's in the, in the MeWe operative scene and he's the one that's like talking about the plan and it's sort of a weird, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, Patrick and Kylan don't look that much different. In fact, I would buy that Patrick was Kylan's dad. And I'm like, what if Patrick is in that scene and he's the one that says it? So just throwing it out there, just, <laughs> just seeing how you feel. Uh, I, I can tell you, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. That's okay. No, no, it's not a, not a mandate or anything, but I was just like, hmm, another thought you have when you're on the road. Yeah. Driving. No, I, that's fair. I mean, I, I, uh, my acting history is in middle school, I was in a play in which I selected the part with the fewest lines, and then I got frozen. The Bats in the Belfry, I think, was the play. So I said half of a line and then got frozen and was silent the rest of the play. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very much in my head. Um, oh, oh, yeah. we'll find someone but uh uh yeah i think i mean it may even be me actually I'm, think about it. Um, I'm much more comfortable with that <laughs> uh, let's go with option two uh, <laughs> yeah but i did think about it and i was like hmm, interesting so um how about this given that uh I, i've expressed fear and it's completely um, uh, irrational, um, giving that, not, not that we don't have to use the footage at all. I, I will give it a shot. I can give it a shot. Okay. I can commit to that. We can both do it too. In fact, we can both shoot it. I mean, we'll have the time. Um, yeah. and if not, if the lines are the issue too, we can also make you the guy that's watching the footage. Cause we'll only see the back of your head really. We don't even really see who you are. Um, cause we're, we're pulling out. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just a guy sitting there. Yeah, sipping his coffee or reading a magazine or whatever. Um, so yeah, perfect. Yeah, we're basically all the strategic elements are now kind of set. And now we're looking at tactical stuff. We're just looking at little like, you know, calibrations here and there to, to make it work. Yeah. Uh, so we're Yeah, we're in a good spot. On our next episode, We will be on the other side of the sizzle reel. We'll talk about the feedback we received and how it felt to do it, what the initial footage looks like, and where we go from there. Tune in next week on Two Guys Making a TV Show.